We're looking now a second time at 1 Peter 2.18, where slaves, servants, are told, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For enduring that kind of treatment is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while being while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you do when you sin and suffer for it you endure no credit? But if when you do good and suffer for it you endure, that's a gracious thing. Beautiful thing in the sight of God. So the overall command here is slaves, be subject even to unjust masters and keep on doing good even if you must suffer for it because you should be mindful of God that this is a beautiful or gracious thing in his sight. That's the big picture here. Now, the specific thing we're asking is what makes this subjection peculiarly Christian? So, Father, there are relevant things here for all of us because we're all in some kind of subordinate relationship, whether to policemen or to teachers or to family members or to um, governors or to military personnel. We, we're all in some kind of relationship where we need to learn here what, what Peter's teaching these slaves. We want to be distinctly Christian, not just the followers of human tradition. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The last time we saw that the first distinctive was that this is for the Lord's sake, which we drew in from 2.13, and it is as freedmen, which we drew in from 2.16. What I want to focus on in this session is that phrase right there, and one more, if we have time. Here's a literal translation. In all or with all fear. And my question is whether it's fear or respect, is it of the masters or is it of God? Is this saying, be subject to your masters out of fear of God or be subject to your masters out of fear of the masters? The immediately preceding context, I mean the immediately preceding verse, verse 17, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor, servants, be subject to your masters with all fear. With, with that verse 17 ringing in our ears, fear God, wouldn't it be natural to say that's what he means here? I think it, it would be natural. Um, another clue, mindful of God. This is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. So how is it that you're able to be subject to being treated unjustly? Mindful of God, not mindful of this master. And how 
how mean he can be, but rather mindful of God. Think about God for the Lord's sake, out of fear of the Lord. And, and when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, keep in mind, it's not a slavish fear. It's not a cowering fear. It's a fear of treating God as though he were not worthy to be trusted as a loving father. Kind of paradoxical. But look at chapter 1, verse 17. If you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear. Sounds strange. If you call on him as father, and you know he's impartial, then fear acting as though he were not a faithful, good, loving, kind, impartial, caring, need-meeting father. So this is a very positive thing. Let the fear of God and the fear of displeasing him and the fear of treating him as though he were not worthy to be trusted as a need-meeting father, let that be what you're mindful of when you are now enduring these sorrows because you're being treated unjustly. So the second answer besides last week's or last times was that our subjection to a human master is not out of fear of that master, but out of fear of God. And the third one is to ask this question. That is the third clue about what's distinctively Christian here is why, to ask the question, why is this slave suffering when he is complying? So, for this grace is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering. Why is he suffering if he's being sub- subject? For what credit is it if when you sin, so he's not going to sin, and are beaten for it? We understand that. But if when you do good and suffer, why, why is he suffering if he's sub- submissive? And one possible answer might be, if you're just dreaming up answers, well, maybe somebody lied about you. And they said, you did something you didn't do, and the master believed them, and so he's, he's beating you because he believes that you did this sin. Maybe, maybe so. But no, that won't work, because right here, it says, if when you do good and suffer for it, what you're suffering for is doing good. Well, then doing good here and being subject must not be identical because he's not going to beat you for being a faithful, submissive slave. He perceives this good deed as something he didn't like, which tells me subjection here is not the highest priority. Doing good is the highest priority. If if doing good demands that you do something this master regards as bad, you're going to stay with what's good, not what's evil. You're not going to do evil. You're going to do good. So we've seen three reasons that this subjection here is distinctly Christian and not just ordinary human tradition. The first one is that we're doing it for the Lord's sake 
and as free men who've been sent back in to serve because the Lord told us to. Second, we do it out of fear of the Lord and with a mindfulness of him as our father who deserves to be trusted. And thirdly, we are subject qualified by what is good because we're even willing to suffer because this is regarded by the master as being insubordinate even though it was a good thing. So I said last time that there was no frontal attack on slavery in Peter or in the New Testament. But oh, all three of these that I mentioned are attacks. Subject for the Lord's sake, not man's sake. God is a higher authority than the masters. Fearing God, not the master. We are freedmen, not the master's slaves, ultimately. We are freely serving because our our master in heaven has told us to, and we're going to go on doing good, even if it is insubordinate, and we have to suffer for it. And therefore, profound seeds have been sown that this institution is coming down.